Renovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Amir Kabir, partner from Aviate Ventures. Amir, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Greg. Great to be here. So we're going to talk about something a little bit different from what we usually talk about. We're going to talk about insurance today and insure tech, specifically embedded insurance, which we'll get into in just a minute. But before we get there, Amir, can you take a moment and just tell the audience about yourself and your, a little bit about your background? Absolutely happy to do so. So I'm currently a partner at Aviate Ventures, which is an early stage fund in the Bay Area when it started around three years ago. We're on our second fund with around 180 million with a similar size first fund. Uh, we have like four areas or sectors that we focus on, which in parts have some overlap, right? Um, one is enterprise, uh, which in, uh, incorporates, you know, SaaS, infrastructure software. Uh, the other one is the healthcare practice. Uh, the third one is kind of frontier tech. And the fourth one, uh, which which I'm leading, is the fintech and insurtech practice. We typically invest in seed series A with, you know, one to five million initial check, but are flexible in that regard. And, you know, we try to be very hands-on in terms of the investing side and engage with the startups on the earliest level. Me, myself, I started actually my career back in Germany and Europe as a network engineer and subsequently was part of startups both on the enterprise and consumer side. So I have seen successes and also failures. Um, And I made my way to the U.S. roughly a decade ago where I started my investing career at um, Route 66 Ventures, which is like a boutique fintech fund in the D.C. area. Um, and where I did my first investments in, you know, insurance, actually, and financial services. And the last six years, I actually helped build up Munich Re Ventures here in San Francisco, which is the venture fund for Munich Re, the largest reinsurer out of Germany, where I engaged and invested in all sorts of financial services companies and emerging insurer techs. And so I've invested mostly for the past couple of years in so-called challengers within the insurer tech space, companies that were focused on distribution and new product innovation, such as Nix Insurance, Insure, HDVI, Spruce, and others. Cool. Well, let's jump in and talk about that InsureTech space a little bit more. You know, one of the pieces that we had talked about before we pushed record here was the idea of embedded insurance. I think most of our listeners will be pretty familiar with the concept of embedded finance, embedded fintech at this stage. But can you talk us through what that phrase embedded insurance means to you? Absolutely. So, you know, embedded insurance is pretty similar to embedded finance, or we, we can see kind of similar patterns here, right? So from my perspective and, you know, what I look for in solutions that are embedded or can be embedded, let's say integrated, are, you know, platforms that are, that don't, you know, serve insurance. So in general, I would categorize embedded insurance as solutions when a non-insurance entity distributes an insurance product, which can happen in, you know, different ways, either through an API or through a verticalized approach, right? So, and and I think in general we can we can say that embedded insurance is nothing new. To be honest, embedded insurance has been around for quite some time now, just by a different name, which is affinity sales, right? Um, affinity sales um, are insurance kind of solutions that are bundled, um, you know, alongside other products that have been around for over a decade. One example actually is extended warranties, um, which in, which is the perfect example in the physical format. And one of my investments, uh, first investment was in that space, which was Simple Assurance out of Germany. Another, you know, more prominent one is Square Trade, uh, which was one of the earliest in that space and was acquired by Allstate. 
Another example, which, you know, probably a lot of people are familiar with is travel insurance, right? Uh, it's one of the oldest forms in terms of embedded insurance and people know or have may have taken off by advantage of, right? Yeah, no, totally. I think, well, and this actually brings up an interesting question because given that, you know, travel insurance has been around for a while, I think people have some experience. I think we've all sort of seen it if we haven't actually purchased it ourselves. Sure. Why sure. is what's happening now making a really big impact? Why is, you know, embedded insurance really coming to the forefront? Yeah, I think, you know, when you think about travel insurance in general, it has been, from my perspective, a very static product, right? So you go into United or you go on any kind of travel site and, you know, you go through your purchase flow and at the end it shows you like, hey, travel insurance, $19, and you kind of are covered. It's kind of like a binary approach to insurance, meaning if, if, it, if you know, the plane doesn't go or like, you know, the people... Uh, go on strike or whatever you know you, you get your you get your money back but it's a very binary approach i think now and with companies i've engaged with what i see it's a more dynamic approach to have travel insurance and you know uh, in that sense also parametric insurance comes into play so companies i've engaged with you know try to you know take advantage of new uh, new data uh, streams to be able to more uh, dynamically priced travel insurance, first and foremost, but also make it, you know, um, in terms of the uh, payout more parametric, meaning that, so for example, a company I've been engaging with, um, or a couple of companies in that sense, you know, they take into consideration, for example, where you're coming from, where you're going to, uh, you know, what kind of airline are you using, you know, taking data from that. What are the, what are the weather conditions and the destination? What are the weather conditions from where, you, where you're flying off? You know, how long is travel time? And then basically try to dynamically price a travel insurance for you. Another example is also that, you know, there is kind of add-on travel insurance, which can, which can sit side by side to a traditional travel insurance, which means, you know, uh, startups are trying to basically provide, you know, spot insurance. Meaning if you're going um, to visit a theme park, for example, you know, there's an opportunity for you to buy a parametric insurance product um, at the checkout which basically says if, for example, just as an example, uh, five out of like the 20 um, you know, attractions are closed, we might give you 20% money back. If there is a chance of 50% rain that day, you get all your money back. So as you can see, there is an opportunity for them dynamic pricing and dynamic payout in terms of claims. So I think that that gives an opportunity and open up an opportunity to you know, make travel insurance maybe more sticky and maybe more relevant as well. Sure. Well, one question that I have, and you know, this is an area that I'm not necessarily an expert in, um, but at, at a high level, would you say the goal of embedded insurance is to increase sales and stickiness of existing products or to be able to offer new products or new types of products? I think that it's, it's a twofold, right? I think embedded insurance opens up the opportunity to reach customers that had first no access to insurance, but it also helps, you know, traditional uh, uh, helps those who traditionally have had access to be better served or have different products available to them, right? I think in general, you know, there's a huge protection gap between the amount of insurance that could have been purchased and insurance that is actually bought specifically in, you know, risk pools of natural catastrophe, mortality, life, and healthcare, right? Um, there is, I think, a gap of $1.2 trillion um, uh, that was researched recently. So the largest gap being, you know, in the natural catastrophe. So for earthquake, flood, and, uh, flood and storm, like amounts around like $250 billion a year. 
um, you know, think about healthcare and healthcare related costs. You know, half of Americans are medical debt. There is an opportunity over there. Mortality protection gap is another example with around $400 billion in, in the US alone. And the commercial insurance side is a huge opportunity, which I'm excited about for, you know, business interruption risk or non-damage business interruption risk. Yeah, no, I love that. I love the combination of being able to get more products in front of more people and also to make yeah. it smarter, right? Really just to take existing products and make them more tailored, make them more individual and just make them more. I mean, we have a massive amount of data that we have at our disposal now. We should Absolutely. be able to streamline this process. Now, one piece that you and I were talking about before we actually pushed record here was the the potential impact that these kind of technologies could have on places like Latin America and Africa, um, where insurance has been really difficult to get, really costly to get. Can you talk a little bit about how those types of developing regions can really benefit from these types of solutions? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you think about it, and I've engaged with a couple of startups and that kind of research that space uh, in those emerging markets, you know, uh, micro insurance specifically, you know, combined with the upsurge of mobile technology penetration emerging markets has increased the access of embedded insurance products, right? As an example, New, New, uh, New Bank, which is a new bank in Latin America, launched life insurance together with CHOP, a primary carrier. And, and I was reading through like some, some, um, some notes and some actually the S1 that New Bank published. They sold around 500,000 policies within one year, which shows there's a huge amount, there's a huge opportunity, right? So people really want it. And they actually conducted a survey, uh, which showed that only 20% of the customers claim to have life insurance, but 70% are actually interested in that, which is huge, right? I mean, That's a massive gap. About, it's a massive gap, right? So, and think about it, it's Latin America. It's, we're not talking about the US. So think about what the opportunities would be in, in developed markets, right? So if you can integrate kind of an insurance product into an existing, you know, other product or other platform. So, and then also in Africa, I mean, I don't know if you know, but it's mind blowing Africa, you know, the penetration of insurance is around 3%. Like nobody really goes for insurance or thinks about insurance. Wait, right? did you say, I want to just be clear. Did you say 3%, like one, two, three? 3% in terms of, wow. sorry, to, I, have to, I have to rephrase it, 3% for auto insurance, right? Okay. So it's, it's really low when you think about that. And auto insurance is like a, kind of a commodity for everybody in the world, right? But mm -hmm. there is a huge opportunity. And I was talking to startups that really have an integrated approach here as well. One of the companies is Octamile, uh, which is working, um, you know, to an integrated approach for auto insurance. Another startup, it's called Lamy, which, you know, is building an API you know, a uh, base platform for integrated insurance and other platforms. So people are already building actually in emerging markets, embedded insurance products and solutions. Yeah. Well, and certainly I think the size of the opportunities that you're laying out are really massive and it's easy to see why this is a space that you're focusing on at AV yeah. Ventures. Um, I do want to just, because a lot of our listeners are probably people who aren't really active in the insure tech space. And I'm curious, you know, what takeaways do you think are really important for people who are focused on more quote unquote traditional areas within fintech? You know, what do bankers and fintech innovators need to understand about how these changes to the insurance space are going to affect them? Yeah, I think I believe it's important to understand that, you know, evolving technologies and nexus become more and more visible and traditional players in the fintech space, you know, have the opportunity to engage with other financial services providers, such as insurance, right, to first and foremost add ancillary revenue streams to their business, but also create more retention, right? I mean, the effect from my point of view will be tremendously positive 
in terms of synergies between you know traditional finance products and insurance products, right? Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but think about you know on the uh, on the mortgage side, right? There is an opportunity to integrate insurance, right? For be it home insurance, home warranty, or even private mortgage insurance, which is already in place. So there's a big opportunity to embed that as well. But I think also we have to kind of like, I always think about it when you think about most of your listeners are in the the traditional fintech world and fintech world evolved in kind of like three layers so far as as far as I'm concerned. So when you think about fintech, one at all started in the 50s and 60s with credit cards and ATM machines. And in the 90s, PayPal came around, fintech 2.0 started the whole embedded finance approach with this, with internet banking, Stripe and Square in the mid-2000s. And now kind of FinTech 3.0 is the area of um, decentralized finance with Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto, Coinbase going public, and you know, some of these launching an NFT marketplace in 2021. I see a similar approach for insurance, right? Where we kind of entering InsureTech like 3.0, where uh, you know, we're entering the the the, the the area of embedded insurance where the you know API uh, and data make it more accessible a verticalized approach then also the whole DeFi and insurance space is like a whole untapped market which opens up opportunities for new products but also for a differentiated you know distribution approach as well yeah and no, certainly I think the world of potential opportunities here is is very large and I think there is an opportunity for people who are thinking creatively about where there are those synergies and how they can make their own products be more not not compliant but just kind of mesh better with some of what's going to happen here and there obviously has always been this sort of synergy between um, fintech and insure tech and yeah. now I think you're right that that's going to be a lot more robust. Um, so I, we're coming up on the end of our time here. This has been really fascinating, but I do just want to ask, are there any kind of closing thoughts you have for people uh, as as they leave that they should be taking away? Yeah, I think, you know, um, I feel like there, there's, there's a tremendous amount of opportunities, right? So, I mean, we have to also think about like, what are, what is the impact of embedded insurance? And I think we have to kind of differentiate both from the consumer perspective, but also from the incumbents and insurance perspective, right? So from the consumer perspective, the impact is more, more or less uh, obvious, right? It's, an, it's a bundled approach. The consumer doesn't have to think about it anymore. In best case scenario, you know, it's already integrated into the price of a product, right? So for example, if you rent a car, it's integrated into the price. You don't have to think about it. If you go for an Airbnb, there's insurance already integrated. If you go for a ski trip, it's already integrated, right? You know, uh, a good example here would be maybe also uh, Apple and Apple Care, which, you know, is, is kind of like bundled into that. But uh, in general, it's also important to understand the economics within the insurance industry and meaning what that means in terms of cost allocation, cost savings, and profitability of insurance companies, which is driven by loss and expenses, right? So the embedded approach really opens up an opportunity to be more profitable for insurance company because, you know, the biggest cost for, for, for one of the biggest costs for insurance companies is customer acquisition and distribution. Well, another one is losses, which in turn is related to underwriting and underwriting expenses. So, Again, think about Geico, which spends like a billion dollars on, on, on customer acquisition and what kind of cost-saving opportunities it, it has with embedded approach, right? So from the insurance side, the impact is first and foremost access and customer acquisition, you know, solving the distribution efficiencies. And I believe second, it's it's underwriting as it can be done much more efficient and, 
you know, as reliance on accurate data reflects the real risks, it might allow more accurate pricing while the, the embedded approach gives access to more and more data. Yeah, and obviously the people who really win at the end of the day are the consumers, the people who are able to buy a product that's right for them at a price that's better for them. If we can take a lot of these costs out, then the cost of insurance Absolutely. goes down overall. And so there really is, there's a lot at stake here. Um, as I said, this has been just a fascinating conversation. Amir, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your thoughts with us. We'll keep an eye on the future of embedded insurance and insure tech more generally going forward. No, I appreciate it. Greg. Thanks for having me. It was great chatting with you. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.